0: Very recently, I checked on many different platforms. Anywhere you listen to podcasts, which is also the same place you can find The Colton Joe Show. Anywhere you listen to podcasts, you can find The Colton um, and Joe Show. And we are the one and only Colton and Joe Show. There's literally only one, which is absolutely awesome.
1: Um, I would assume. I don't know. Just a fun
0: fact. Throw that out there. So well, I, would, I would not expect anybody super, else to
1: be called The Colton and Joe Show.
0: Yeah, that's true. I mean, it's not the most common name. You wouldn't expect there to be a whole bunch of Colton and Joe Show. But um, this episode... We are doing our super duper divisional weekend game prediction. Yes. Um, and that's there's only gonna be four, so I am gonna take a wild guess and say this episode is not gonna be a two hour long <laughs> a two hour long episode. It might be we might be pushing it to have one hour here. Uh as there's just not a lot to go over, not a whole lot of news happened, um, and it's not a lot of games and stuff. But I have some I've thought of there's one game I'm very confident and um Um, You probably have the same prediction, but I think our scores, like, I think our score differential is going to be a lot different, but that's just what I'm thinking.
1: Um, I mean, there's a game, I I mean, there are multiple games I'm confident in, but (laughs) I would say I'm confident in Casey Cleveland is the only one that I don't think there's a possibility of an upset for, is what I'll say. Yeah, I actually, I actually agree with you there. Um, But, so, you know on this short episode it's been two days so we, we 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 started off here as per usual joe how have you been? what have you been up to for the past two days um yeah well it's basically been the same exact thing as last episode as i
0: i finished up all my schoolwork i'm chilling right now got everything done um so that's that's happy i'm just waiting for the teachers to throw it in there so i can see what my grades are i'm pretty com- i'm pretty confident my like my grades came up a lot so all, all the stuff is gonna get put in um, mm-hmm. Quiz. When I went for a run today because basically what, what I was doing was I was like I just need to make sure I get every my work done and then I can get back to back, back to the grind and whatnot. Uh, so today I went for a run and it was it was ugly. I told you it was ugly. I went super slow. I went like I don't even think I ran to, like two miles. It was really, really ugly. Um, I was tired out. My legs were felt dead, but it feels felt good to get back out there, get the 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 different. Uh, enzymes or, or whatnot going in, in the bloodstream, and, and all the different exercise. You know, it's good for your body. I forget what the terms are. To be fair, but it was fun. Um, and this is actually a fun, this might be this is one of our earliest. We well, always mention it when we're recording early. This is one of our earliest recording in the day. So there could be more stuff that's going on as of right now. It is Friday at 2.09 in the afternoon. Um, but we both had stuff going on at night, basketball and different church things. So we thought would would seize the time while we had it and yes. get a, a nice recording in right now, just for.
1: There you go. There you go. I also have not really done anything out of the ordinary in the in the past couple of days. Just been, you know, chilling out, had practice a few times and just chilling, doing some schoolwork, playing some Xbox, Um, just casual stuff, just casual stuff. So um, I guess without further ado, we get into the very, very short amount of news that we have here. Um, we'll start off. There's They're all three having to do. Uh, I will say that now. Um, two head coach signings. And one that we'll get into now, uh, I mentioned that uh, at least I think I mentioned on air that there's a bunch of offensive coordinator, de- offensive coordinator and defensive coordinator hirings slash firings that are going on, and we're not going to report on every single one of them because you know nobody cares, right? Like nobody. If <laughs> you're not a fan that, of that team, um, they're all like you don't care, you don't know them. Uh, I, we report on Chuck Pagano because he's a bigger name guy, um, and we'll report on the the important one, per se, the more well known one. So this is what comes into one. Um, obviously we are, we're Pittsburgh Steelers fans. Um, so in the offensive coordinator, Pittsburgh Steelers, one of the most, one of the more well-known coordinators for not good reasons. Um, Randy Feekner, um, will not be brought back by the Pittsburgh Steelers. His contract has expired. They will not bring him back. And that is big, big, big news for the Pittsburgh Steelers. As, yes, we, we celebrate, we celebrate. <laughs> Um, because if, you, if you're an NFL fan, if you've watched any Pittsburgh Steelers games this season, you know that the offense this season is significantly different than any offense we've seen from the Pittsburgh Steelers over the past decade. Um, it is, it was largely a dink and dunk offense. It was one that the running game. So as long as I've watched football for, you know, the, the past decade of Pittsburgh Steelers football and really throughout the history, um, it's been a running football team. Um, we're a football team that runs the ball. We establish the ground game, and then we use that to open up the passing game. And in general, um, the Pittsburgh Steelers passing game, never short. Um, Mm -hmm. You know how Big Ben loved to sling that ball. And this season, it was dink and dunk. The running game was never working. They're dead last in the league in rushing yards per game with, like, 84, I believe. Um, Very not good. Very not good. Um, And, uh, yeah, they were just slinging, dink and dunk, little over-the-top slant routes, curl routes. That was... Their offense—they were a, a throw short, run long type of was the expression that frequently used there, um, and it just—it wasn't working. It wasn't working. They seemed to be calling the same like four plays, like you know, so in yeah, it was the most predictable offense I've ever seen from the Pittsburgh Steelers. And while Joe sent me something today, um, you know, about some Pittsburgh Steelers reporters. Randy Feekner is an amazing person from, you know, all signs indicate everyone in the Steelers organization loves Randy Feekner. He's very close with Big Ben, um, which is really the reason he got the offensive coordinator job in the first place. Um, so, we yeah, we hope he lands on it. He's a great dude. And whether, you know, do I think he's necessarily fit to be a championship caliber offensive coordinator? Probably not. But um, I'd like to see him land somewhere in the NFL. So. Randy Feekner was an incredible quarterbacks coach. He, he mm-hmm. was great with Ben
0: for like 17 years or what not um yeah as you mentioned they were were really close so there's obviously there's not a whole lot of hate he was not a good coordinator and yeah he got a lot of flack for it a lot of like quote media attention we went 11-0 with him but then it's just you can think of something but whenever you can't be creative with your play calling and it's just the defenses catch on whenever there's just no x-factor to your offense that's what i've been i've been thinking about it like oh there's always been like a quote like x-factor to the Steelers offense now last year there was there was no ben so of course there was no like real spark but even then Deontay Johnson was like a, quote, he was like an ex factor player. He, he had tons of yard after catch, and that was something you expected. And before there was the, the long pass game with Antonio Brown and Judith Masuster whenever he was younger and they utilized him in, in different ways, and there's Le'Veon Bell, and there's always something that you could throw the defense off about. But this year it was just like the same thing, and they just grinded through, like, games over and over again. And it worked. it worked. It got the job done, being carried by an incredibly talented Steelers defense. But whenever there was a little bit of a drop problem in the wide receiver core or there was a little bit of the defense didn't have the best game ever, then there's just nothing they can do because you're just getting absolutely stuffed over and over again. And we saw it for three games. We had one good half yeah. and then a, a pretty ugly game versus Cleveland and then a really, really ugly game versus Cleveland in the playoffs. So it was time for a change, um, some new mindsets. There's a lot of different possibilities out there. Um, I heard the name Anthony Lynn being thrown around a lot as him and it, um, uh, Mike Tomlin are good friends. But it's all speculation yeah. at this point. We'll see. Yeah,
1: true, true. All speculation. I would like to see a new offensive coordinator and change up the role of Juju Smith-Schuster personally, assuming that he stays <laughs> around in Pittsburgh. And, um, if you're a Steelers fan, uh, you know the NFL. The NFL fans a lot. If you're not a Steelers fan, a lot of times you don't really understand where the decline of Juju Smith-Schuster statistics came from, because you look at it, and you know, I don't blame you. But you look at it and you're like, "Hey, you know, maybe he's just not good enough to be number one receiver because when you don't have a superstar lined up alongside you, it don't happen." But what people don't tend to understand is when Antonio Brown left, that's when Fiekner came in. That's mm-hmm. the season the A B was the Season injured, came in. Yeah, yeah, and yeah, Juju was injured. But the thing is, his role has changed so significantly. If you watch Pittsburgh Steelers games, you know what I'm talking about. He he was a lot la- He was a deep threat before. You know what I mean? He had a threat of going any, he was a wide receiver with a developed route tree that was able to go at any level in the field. Currently this season um, and last season is more so this season, I'll say, but you saw a bit of it last season. Um, he is playing as more of a prototypical slot wide receiver. We know he's very, he's more productive from the slot than anything, but he was playing more of a prototypical slot role. But he's not a prototypical slot wide if, if that makes any sense. He was all he does now is curl routes and sl- and slant routes. And while and like you say that's what the offense does in general, yeah, but they still try to open the field up with Clay Claypool, Deontay Johnson have a much more are allowed to have a much more diversified route tree than Juju Smith-Schuster had this season. And he's a big dude. Juju Smith-Schuster is big and strong, and he's tough, and he fights for extra yards. And that's Pretty what bad, they needed. Man. Yeah, so they 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 give it to they would just give it to him. They make him do the dirty work per se right so he racks up receptions but not yards because you know what i mean they give him these contested throws and tell him you know fight for a couple extra yards that's what they get into so hopefully we get a new offensive coordinator here i would like to see the field get opened up just a little bit more for instance schuster in terms of play calling but um that's just me that's just me i'm sure you would feel the same way oh, yes that, exactly i cannot have said it better so let me get on to the two head coaching subnuses that I kind of alluded to a little bit earlier. The Jacksonville Jaguars and Jets. For the Jaguars, they signed former Ohio State head coach Urban Meyer. Um, he was the head coach there for a long, long time. One of the most productive head coaches, probably the most productive head coach, uh, excluding Nick Saban, of the past decade. Um, Urban Meyer is he was a great college head coach, and he's coming into this Jacksonville team who is very young, I'll say that. And obviously, we'll be getting Trevor Lawrence. <laughs> All signs indicate there, there was actually a quote by Urban Meyer today that was like, "Do I?" It said something. The number one, like the quarter, whatever, what quarterback I draft at number one, it's going to be the biggest decision of my career because he's like, "I've got Justin Fields, I've got uh, Zach Wilson, I've got Trevor Lawrence." And don't play with me. You're, you're drafting Trevor Lawrence. Come on, they're they're going to get Trevor Lawrence, right? And oh, how happy I would be, Jackson, for Jaguar fan right about now. <laughs> Let me say, just the, the future, looking into it, because currently, in my eyes, um, the best player on there is James Robinson, in my eyes. I, maybe you could say, you could make an argument for Miles Jack. Um, I'd give James Robinson, personally. Um, but they've got James Robinson, undrafted, very young running back. Came off of uh, the most stream of yards by an undrafted player of all time. Man, went want to work this year, getting the new head coach, which, whether or not you know, he'll crazy winning head coach or not, we don't know. But what we do know is that they will be fun to watch under Urban. Um, let me tell you that because one thing about those Ohio State football teams, they were fun. Um, <laughs> I'll tell you that with Trevor Lawrence, and that's one thing you know. College coaches versus like bring to be your new head coach, whether you're bringing in a college coach versus bringing in like a say another team's coordinator or another team's you know somewhere in the other team's front office or whatever that's already been in the NFL. Um, they both have their ups and downs, but the one upside of bringing a coach from college is that they are they tend to be better in terms of helping young quarterbacks develop right they tend to be better in terms of i won't say develop but i'll say helping young quarterbacks transition i'll say from college to the nfl because it's a big transition it is it definitely is the the speed of play is so much different um and yeah when you're in college level you're facing maybe one player that's an nfl caliber um yeah, it must be like LSU or Alabama. Like you don't play those yeah, teams every week. Yeah, um, in general, you're gonna face like one, maybe two defensive players that are NFL caliber a week. You know yeah. what I mean? You get to the NFL, obviously, every single player on the field when you get to the NFL is as good as the best player on a college. You know, on the field for for a college defense. So it's it's really you know the the transition there is a lot harder than people expect, which is why I am. Um, we both expressed that we don't necessarily always judge quarterbacks on their first year. Um, while, you know, like, guys like Tua didn't necessarily have the greatest, like, you know, first year in the NFL, by no means do I think Tua is never going to be a good NFL player. You know what I mean? Um, mm-hmm. Do I look at him and immediately regard him as highly as a Joe Burrow or a Justin Herbert? No. But I do not think that after, you know, wishy-washy first year in the NFL, that not going to be good. You know what I mean? Unlike,
0: unlike members of the Dolphins team that are ready to uh, – they are, like – Yeah. That basically <laughs> – there is an article came out and was like multiple Dolphins players have said that they like are already over Tua, but then he's only played nine games. Absolutely, and what? do not want to be a young quarterback in today's NFL. They move on from you so quick, and they start really started with Josh Rosen, and ever since then they've just been so easy to get rid of young quarterbacks, mm-hmm. uh, so quick trigger happy. I guess is the right term there. Uh, I guess that puts a lot on you. There's a lot on uh on a lot on the line in your career. Before, it wasn't really that big of a deal. You could have a <clears throat> pretty mediocre year
1: mm-hmm. and yeah.
0: career be over. But yeah. now, your two is already being talked about traded for different players. And, and yeah. you know, it's weird, definitely. Yeah. Although, I don't think Irvin Myers is going to be yeah. he's seen world, and,
1: to be fair. And there are also quarterbacks that play a couple games of football. I'm like, okay, I don't think this guy can play. Dwayne Haskins is one of those guys for um, I, After watching Dwayne Haskins play, I... I did not like him as a football player. But you have to show me something. You know what I mean? If Tua came in and just threw a bunch of picks and just looked out of his league, then I wouldn't necessarily be high on Tua. But I look at Tua to talk about low. He plays a cautious football game relative. The thing with Tua is, you know, he's not letting it rip downfield. That's what they, they need to, you know, teach him. He needs to develop to the understanding to know when I need to rip this ball downfield versus when I need to do what I've been doing and just keep it short game. Maybe throw the ball away. You know what I mean? He's largely just been a little bit too cautious, and that's something that I can definitely overlook. You know what I mean? But yeah. some quarterbacks I like, some I don't. I was super high on Josh Rosen, as you mentioned. He was my favorite quarterback in that draft, um, and he is now the worst quarterback in that draft, um, the first round at least. Um, yeah, <laughs> there are quarterbacks I like and some I don't like. But, but for the Jaguars back to yeah, I like the Urban Meyer signing personally. Um, hopefully he will be able to help Trevor Lawrence transition. Like I said, whether, you know, we don't know how much transitioning Trevor Lawrence is really going to need to do, but we shall see, but it's going to be a fun era in Jacksonville. Let me tell you that. It should be. Yeah, it should be.
0: If you're not a fan
1: with <laughs> if you're not a fan with Jacksonville, at
0: one and 15, then don't be a fan at four. And yes. You I don't love me
1: at my Doug Marone, uh, Mike Glennon. Don't love me at my Trevor Lawrence, Irving. That's all I've got yeah. to say all I've got I, to say. I don't know. Like, there's always there's as
0: far as I've like been watching coaches. There's a lot of always been a lot of rumors around Urban Meyer in the NFL, and
1: mm-hmm. I don't know if it comes to fruition.
0: It should be exciting to see next year. I must.
1: Yeah, yeah. And the second head coach that was signed was the New York Jets. They had fired Adam Gase, which was a move that everybody in the sports world was happy about. I don't think there was a single person, including Adam Gase, that thought Adam Gase deserved that head coach in job. Um, the Jets came out and they hired uh 49ers defensive coordinator Robert Sala is their new head coach so um you know it, it, it's a good move there Robert Sala obviously spearheading one of the best defenses and probably the best defense in football last year and still one of the higher caliber defenses this year despite losing um their number one edge rusher Nick Bosa despite their number one corner Richard Sherman being out for a large portion of the season, and just a lot of injuries there throughout that team um he's a defense, he's going to be a defensive minded head coach. Um, I think, you know, obviously coming from being a defensive coordinator, he's going to be a defensive minded guy. And in general, um, that, that tends to work, you know (laughs) know what I mean? Like, that's kind of what you want for a young, a young, a young team, right? Offensive head coaches work, but generally they work a little better. They generally work a team that's, you know, more experienced. If you're, if you're catching the vibe, like, It's like you come into an extremely young team. Like how many young teams are flourishing right now under you know offensive-minded head coaches? Not very. Not very many. Where it comes from is like I think it's it's way easier
0: to elevate the talents of a defensive player because you can switch up schemes and you can change the coverage so it benefits their abilities more. But for offense, there's only like a limited amount of things you can do as far as like if you don't if you can't catch and you're a wide receiver, then there's nothing you can do. Like you know Mm -hmm. you can't elevate the play of that guy um, easily at least like tight end or something but i think mm-hmm. that's where it comes from like you need you need some talent there if you're going to be an offensive minded coach a new job like say um cliff kingberry he came into an offense there and he got the first several pick he got a quarterback that he wanted he already had two solid wide receivers there and he traded for his next one you know got Kenyon drake like he got the talent there um so that's why it wasn't like ugly right off the bat really
1: yeah uh but yeah and especially when you're going into a team in the new york jets that their best players are. Def- I think we can come to the conclusion that their best player is Marcus May. And after that, well, we say Quentin Williams. After that, honestly, um, Quentin Williams or Makai Beckton are the next are the next two for me. Um, but Marcus May is the best player on the team, right? And their defense definitely has more upside than the offense at this current point in time. Frank Gore will probably retire, um, and then what? What you have your? Assuming they're going to draft a quarterback. Assuming they could definitely go another direction. Don't get me wrong, but um. Because, you know, maybe, maybe Robert Sal is high on Sam Darnold still, as a lot of people are, you know. Am I as high on, I'm not really as high on Sam Darnold as I was to begin the season. I still think he could be a starting quarterback in this league, but I'm not necessarily as high on him as I was before. Um, but I think there's, there's the flashes there. And it was a rough year for everyone. He was
0: not coached properly. And I'm all speculation. I think they're going to keep him. I don't think they're going to drop. I don't think. So. But I think he'll be 100% run. I think they're going to stick with him. That's just. It's interesting. What I always thought when they didn't get the first round pick, why are you gonna, if you, you know, stick with Darnold one more year, and then if he's bad, then you get the first round, first overall pick next year, then you can get the best wide receiver in the class instead of having to settle for like third or or fourth or whatever, you know, not third, <laughs> the, the second best quarterback in your opinion, obviously, you wouldn't get mm-hmm. the top guy.
1: I personally do think they're going to draft a quarterback. Um, I think generally when there's a quarterback that's struggling and a head coach comes into the scheme. Unless the owners are still like really high on Sam Darnold, which could be the case. Um, then generally the head coach comes in and they're like, okay, he's not doing well. This I'm going to bring in my own guy. And if my guy fails, well then you can blame that. If this guy like they don't want to come in here, have this quarterback stink it up again. People come in and like, okay, this head coach sucks. You know what I mean? If that makes any sense, and that's just what tends to happen with with new head coaches or new GMs they come in. I think they're going to go for Justin Fields. That's my my pick or maybe Zach Wilson, but I would say Justin Fields is what they're going to, where they're going to go. Um,
0: maybe they draft Devontae Smith second
1: overall. Maybe, maybe. But since, <laughs> since uh, the picks have been set, I've been a strong, a firm believer of Devontae Smith number two, the Miami Dolphins.
0: It makes but, a lot of sense. Already Alabama quarterback there. They know each other. Uh, that would make a lot of sense. Definitely yeah, be there.
1: Yeah, we shall see. But yeah, I think that uh, as on the Jets, I think I hire, not higher, but I think I draft Fields personally. Um, if you're not drafting Fields, yeah, you could go Devontae, so you could go – for the life of me, I, don't, I can't remember The offensive lineman. Yeah. His name is super long. It's I, like Panay Suel. Something like Panay Suel. I don't know if that's how you pronounce it. I haven't seen it in a while, but it's something like Panay Suel. But he's a beast. He's a beast. You could draft him, pair him alongside Makai back then and have a really solid offensive line for years to come. Don't know. It's like Penny Suell. Um, P E N I Suell. Yeah, I don't I don't know how about how that comes. I don't I don't know exactly. Sorry if you're Penny Suell and you're listening to this and I'm saying your name wrong. But yeah. So that is going to be what we have for the news here with the three coaching things. Big stuff for the Jaguars and the Jets. Um I really like the moves for both of those teams to be honest. Um but now we get into our quote unquote super duper divisional um Predictions. So we've got four games: two NFC, two AFC. Um, the, the the teams remaining. We've got the one seed in both both conferences are still alive. Uh, in KC and Green Bay, the two seed in both conferences. Actually, yeah, it's the same in both conferences. Um, the one seed, the two seed, the five seed, and the six seed in both conferences are still alive. Interestingly okay. enough, so we're we're gonna have Green Bay versus the Rams, um, Buffalo versus Baltimore, Kansas City versus Cleveland, and New Orleans versus Tampa Bay. So some of these games could go either way, like I said. Some of them are bleeding one way, um, and then other ones, there's one game that I would say is I don't see a possibility of an upset personally. Prove me wrong, prove me wrong, but I don't see one. Yeah. Um, and I guess we can start off with that one. Um, Kansas City and Cleveland, the number one seed Kansas City Chiefs um, versus the number six seed at Cleveland Browns in Kansas City. And this is the obviously the game I was referring to when I said I don't see much of a potential for upset in upset uh, in this game. It's just... I love Cleveland, right? I've been so high for so long, as you all know, if, if you've been listening or keeping up with us on Instagram or wherever that may be. I've been high on the Browns for a long time, right? They beat the Steelers. Um, did I predict it to happen? No. Did I say it was out of the realm of possibility? By no. Um, but I just don't think, unless the Chiefs come in, and Patrick Mahomes comes in here off of, he hasn't played football in three He's not playing an NFL game in three weeks, mind you. So unless he comes out and starts looking really rusty, like really, really, I don't think the Browns are going to take him. Um, I just, I, you know, I think Cleveland is, or not, sorry, not Cleveland. I think Kansas City is probably the best football team in the NFL. If I had to put a stake on it, um, they're they're not the most the highest scoring offense league, but I think they're the best offense. <laughs> um, and they've got a defense that's that's obviously nothing short of nothing short of pretty solid. Um, I guess you can say that. I I, I don't know. Particularly, how I would want to word that—the the, the level of defense that Kansas City is—but it's it has a, a low a
0: high floor and a low ceiling. It's not yeah. always great, but it's usually just it'll get the job
1: done with, with the offense. That's just yeah, um, yeah, well, yeah. That that's what it comes down to. Kansas City can stay in any game. They can win a shootout versus any team at any time. Um, and I just, I don't think has those capabilities personally, to be honest, I don't think Cleveland has the ability to go out there and win a shootout in Kansas city. If that's what it comes down to. And I don't think Cleveland's Cleveland's defense is good enough that it would not come down to a shootout to be honest, yeah. versus is this Kansas city offense. I give it to Kansas city. I say 34 to 20 is my thing. So, uh, um, a 14 point victory there for Kansas city, a double score lead. And I just. I can. This is the one game on all of Division One that I I can't really see an upset being possible.
0: I have about the same point differential. I have a ten point point differential. That is, um, but I have it being much higher scoring. As I think the Chiefs are going to win forty-two to thirty-two. Uh, interestingly enough, I don't know. I just think like I think it's going to be. I think this is going to be the highest scoring game in the playoffs. Oh, well, and I guess the Steelers mm. and the Browns game hard to beat so maybe maybe not the highest score, but up there for sure. yeah. um andy Reid is historically a good coach after the bye we um patrick mahomes would basically need to go out there and have a stroke and die uh for the browns to have a chance in this game and even then some solid backups there just kidding they already lost but <clears throat> the about ba- you know you know what i mean you know where, know, where i'm from <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> the browns would be a lot to go their way from the win this game but i guess i said the same um, when yeah. they played the Steelers. And a lot, let's just say, a, a lot uh, went their way for that game. So n- none of these, this game, if there's a game that I'm going to spend money on and bet on a team, I'm betting on the Chiefs here. Because in any realm of possibility, the Chiefs won this game.
1: They're yeah. just a <laughs> the
0: the team. And the Browns are, like, have, like, a lot of talent. But I think this is a game where they're just straight they're up out. The term of have used throughout the whole entire year. Um, I just, just want a team that has more talent and is just better overall, like, they're they're built very similarly with with two big arm quarterbacks and I mean I guess not the same because the Browns have two very good running backs and the Chiefs have a good young running back and then old uh solid old running back in young Bell but you know you know what I mean? it's like it's like the same team but just a little bit better with the that makes sense I don't know where I'm coming from I'm rambling on and on but I think this is just straightforward and I if you are gonna argue with me that the Browns are gonna win then so be it but
1: I can't imagine there's going to be a lot of people saying that. True, true. And for me, with Kansas City, I've felt since the beginning of the playoffs, there were only two that could, in the AFC, that could be Kansas City. And I think Buffalo is one of those teams. And I think the other team on a good day is the Baltimore. Um, for me, those are the only two teams in the AFC that could have a shot of beating Kansas City. I think Kansas City and Buffalo would be an amazing game. And I think on an average week, Kansas City would definitely beat Baltimore but I think there are times where I've seen Baltimore play this year that I think pff, it's going to be tough for anybody to stop this team at times. Um, mm-hmm. So those are the only two teams I really would have ever predicted to be Kansas City, depending on how they're playing. Um, but there's the one seed versus the sixth seed in the AFC, so now we can move on to the one seed versus the sixth seed in the NFC, um, being the Green Bay Packers and the LA Rams. And you look at this on paper, and you're like, uh, Green Bay should destroy them. I didn't realize this is actually the number one scoring offense versus the number one scoring defense. Um, very interesting thing to, to think about there, because in general, when you think of the best offenses, the like Chiefs and the best defense Steelers, generally, but scoring-wise, in terms of points per, Green Bay, is number one offense, LA is, is the number one defense. Um and this should be a very good, a very good game. The Devonte Adams versus Jalen Ramsey matchup is going to be one for the ages. Um, a very, I'm very interested to see how this turns out because I would probably say Devonte Adams this season was the best wide receiver in football, um, and probably Jalen Ramsey was the best corner. Probably <laughs> yeah. you could say Ramsey. You could go Jair Alexander. There are a few options of who you could say there, but um, it's just coverage-wise, coverage-wise, like Xavier Howard had the best, probably see just all the interceptions, but coverage-wise, Jalen Ramsey's that man. Let me tell you what. He locked down DK Metcalf last week, um, and this Devontae Adams versus Jalen Ramsey matchup will be very important, let me say. I am predicting Green Bay to take it by 10, 31 to 21, because in general, you know, Green Bay has a high-powered offense, LA has a high-powered defense, but I just think Green Bay's defense is a little bit more poised than the Rams offense if that makes any sense not you know obviously this is a game that there's an upset possibility um there definitely is do I think it's likely probably not um Goff will be starting all all signs indicate um Cam Akers is the x factor for me in this game um because we know that teams that have beaten Green Bay this year have beaten Green Bay through the running game that's just You know, when it comes down to teams like the Colts, do I? I don't think the Colts are a better team than the Packers, and I I didn't really give them a real chance to win that game. But they came out, Jonathan Taylor had a great game, Naeem Hines, they came out and they ran the football like they always do. And Green Bay is not a good run stopping team. So, in theory, you know, Cam Akers is really picking up towards the end of the season. If he comes out and has a big game, that's going to give the Rams a shot. But overall, I think the Packers are still going to take it with their high-powered offense because the Rams haven't necessarily been the best rushing team. Well, they've been they've been pretty good, honestly. Um, I, can, I can't clean. lie. They're yeah, they, not- <laughs> they 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 <laughs> are a, a good run, running defense, but like oh, <laughs> yeah, defensively they're they're a good running defense, but um, their strong suit is the obviously the passing game, and I think they have a guy like Aaron Jones. Green Bay does. Where if, you know, you're in a situation where Devontae Adams is kind of getting locked up, then you at least have somewhere else that you can semi-reliably lean on. Um, and, yeah, that, that, that's the tough thing for, for the Packers, though, is I feel like no other receiver on that team is impactful if Devontae Adams isn't having a good game. Um, that's just generally what it comes down to because everyone knows MVS is a deep threat. Um, nobody's worried about him doing anything else but going deep. Lazard, you know, he's proven that he can be an okay receiver, but on, in games where Devontae Adams isn't really going off, Lazard has also not really been going off. You know, it's just, it, if if you see Devontae Adams not having a good game, a good game, that's going to be really rough for the other wide receivers, and the passing game is going to have to rely very heavily on guys like running back Jamal Williams and tight end Robert Tonyan. So for me, I still like the Packers. I think Devontae Adams is so insanely talented. And I think that Aaron Jones is a guy that can provide you with a, a lot of a lot of yards if Devonta Adams is not able to produce this game. And obviously when you have the, the likely MVP, it's going to be tough to lose. And I do think while I didn't predict them to win, they are the favorite in the NFC, the Green Bay Packers are. And I think they get this game done.
0: Um, so this is the game that I said that I think we had the same team winning, but I'm very confident in the way that I think the game will go. So I was right. We have the same team win, obviously. I've been hiding the Rams the whole year long. Um, I really like the defense. Jalen Ramsey's a stud. Um, and I think Jalen Ramsey's going to win this matchup at the end of the day. I think just because, just the way it goes, Jalen Ramsey can lock down. Like, but he, I'm i like, not going to say it's going to be super decisive. Because, you know, I think there'll be a few passes here and there where, where uh, you know, at least Smith Schuster, when he was younger, was able to go up and get some clutch grabs at the end of the game. And why out against Ramsey. It's not like he's an undefeatable un, uh, player. By a cornerback there? You know, like there you're gonna get a pick some here and there. But overall, he I think killed probably probably more snaps where he absolutely just blocks Bonta Adams up than allows a catch. That's just my prediction. I could be completely wrong because Bonta Adams is a breed and he's he's crazy and his release is always whatever. It might. Um, I think the game is going to be 28 to 24 with Green Bay winning, obviously. And I think this going game game is going to quickly turn into a running slug because because as I said. Jalen Ramsey shuts down Vontae Adams, the rest of the wide receivers, as you previously said, their uh, production seems to kind of fall off a little bit. Um, the Rams have already been running the ball a lot, I'm adding in the the loss of um, of Bogov's injury to Islam is still apparent there. You know, they ran the ball a lot last week, so I can't imagine a whole lot's going to change this week. He has all the momentum in the world as to running back. Um, so, so the the Rams running the ball is not the question. The question is if the Packers run the ball. And I think the answer is yes, because Aaron Rodgers is obviously the dominant force and the best player by far, one of the top players in the whole entire league. So but he, he like hurt his ribs. So he's he's not gonna be playing at crazy Aaron Donald level. He'll still be playing great, I'm sure. But it's Going to be easier if it's a little bit tender in his rib area or whatever, you can take advantage of that and you can run the ball. And you can, that's obviously even the weaker part of the defense, as, as it is anyway, as the secondary so good, let alone the injuries to Gotham for Cup. You know, they're already at not a full strength. Um, and then the thing on, on the other side there, um, wait, Aaron is since Aaron Jones just hurt, then Aaron Jones can run the ball. I think I'm kind of mixed up a little bit there, but you, you get where I'm coming. I think this is prone. This is a game that's just. Ready to go. I have a fun running game, like best, which isn't the type of game I really like, so I might not watch unless I'm completely wrong. Um, but I think if, if, <laughs> if they can shut down the Rams running back,
1: then the Packers are going to run this. Yeah, I'm with you. Um, definitely should be a good game. Definitely monitor Aaron Donald and the injury they, that he had sustained. Um, I'm not, I don't even remember what the injury actually You said it was ribs? That's, yeah, that's the
0: only thing I know about it. I don't think it was, like, anything crazy. He's not going to miss the game, but it could have an impact
1: on his play, possibly. I knew he had gotten injured, and he ended up leaving the game. I, I wasn't really sure what the injury was. But, yeah, that's definitely a situation here because he's by far the best player on the Rams. And, potentially, he's in contention for the best player in the entire NFL. So, um, I guess we'll move on here to um, the AFC, two versus five seated game. Um, Buffalo and Baltimore. And this is a, should be a very good game. I predict Buffalo to win. Um, I said 35 28, you know, whatever. I don't think it's going to be a blowout. I don't. I think it'll be high scoring. I think Josh Allen is one of the best quarterbacks in the NFL and um, he's going to put up his points. But, um, I just think that's what it is. That offense is so good. But Baltimore is a very interesting case because for, you know, you don't want to face Buffalo. You know, like you don't, it's not when you, you're facing Buffalo, you're like, okay, we're gonna to have to win a shootout, but in terms for the Baltimore offense, this is one of the better teams they could have faced in terms of your offense versus the other teams, right? Just because the Bills' defense, while they have a lot of studs on that, um, it's a team that generally is underperformed this year, right? And while they are pretty solid in defending the pass with Tremaine Edmonds starting, Tremaine Edmonds is not the you know he's like, he's a linebacker, he does defend the pass a bit, but with Tredavious White, obviously in the two. The two stud safeties, Micah Hyde and Jim Poyer, um, it's good in term for the Ravens that you're not facing a team with like that when you're facing a team with a stud defense in one category through the air, right? Because when they're a running offense, we know that. And in general, the Bills have not been the greatest at stopping the run throughout the season, throughout the playoffs, and just with a team that's so centered around running the football. While you don't want to face Buffalo because you're going to have to win a shootout. Um, if there's one team that, that Baltimore can put up a lot of points on currently, it's probably Buffalo, right? I think I'd rather face Buffalo than KC, obviously, but like, I think Buffalo's run defense has not been good recently. I think I think the Ravens running, obviously running their strong suit, as I mentioned, but, you know, for the Bills, I just think they're a better football team. I think the Bills are the second best football team in the league, in my opinion, Um, uh, I you know, it's close between them and green Bay for me. I predicted the bills to win the super bowl as a lot of you guys know I'm very high on them. And I just think what Josh Allen's going to be able to do with Stephon Diggs because people don't think Josh Allen is a mobile quarterback as well. He's not a Lamar Jackson where they design a crazy amount of runs for him, but Josh Allen can get out of the pocket and Josh Allen can use his wheels. He ran for some like nine touchdowns or something like that this season. Um, He's a big, his running is a big piece of that Bill's, that Bill's offense. And there are multiple times this season or through the playoffs that Josh Allen has had more rushing, the most rushing yards on his team. You know what I mean, like this, I just think it's a scenario where offensively Baltimore's in a good spot, but defensively having to face Buffalo, you're in a good spot. Nobody's in a good spot having to face Buffalo Bills, right? And I just think what Josh Allen has been doing, I think he's on such a tear. I don't think that the Ravens are going to, you know, to be able to shut this down. And I think, they can, I think I think that the Bills come away with it in, in a very good game. This is one I'm interested to see what you, because you had, you had told me that you were really, you were struggling to predict this game, and you thought this could get kind of either way. And I, you know, I agree with you. I do have, I do have Buffalo pulling this out, but if Baltimore won, then don't, I, I would not be surprised in the slightest. Yeah.
0: <clears throat> yeah. This is one where I'm going to have to go the other way. Our first uh, of the episode, I have the, Buff, um, the Buffalo Bills losing this game. Thirty-two to twenty-seven. Um, I think this is just this. This could absolutely be I did not decide this until right before the episode. We were just talking. I was just jotted it down. Um, finally came to a decision. And you know there's a lot of arguments made for both teams here. But I think when it comes down to to how the the ceiling of Ravens are so high, and uh, whenever they have a good game.
1: <clears throat>
0: um, sorry, my throat's dry. But um, I just think I think Lamar Jackson on his game that that he has been lately. Um, you know, this is this is definitely a big test for them. But I, I really don't. I'm not confident in this either way. But I just predicted the Ravens to win, just because that's what seems right a little bit. But I mean, if the Bills win, I would absolutely not be. I would not be uh, surprised in the slightest. Like not at all.
1: Nor would I. am not. Nor would I. So <laughs> Obviously, I predicted them. Um, but this next game is probably it's the best. I would say it's the best game of of uh, divisional week. Um, Tampa Bay New Orleans because just. And this is a game a lot of, the, a lot of people are going to dismiss. I think a lot of people think the Bucs are going to pull this up. Something deep in my soul tells me that the Saints are, are going to make a real push to make the Super Bowl. I just feel it. I just I just really feel like this. I feel like this is their year. It's just like. I feel like the Bucs are probably favored to win this game because they have Tom Brady and such a talented roster. But just something inside of me, man. I think the Saints are going to win this. The Saints, uh, they they swept the Buccaneers in the regular season, too. Now, first time Tom Brady's ever been swept by a division in his career. Um, and I say I said 30 to 32 final score in favor of one. So an in, in extremely close game. This game is going to be great. But it just comes down to, to me. I just think. I don't know. I think Alvin Kamara is the piece, um, as he always is. You know what I mean? I think Michael Thomas is still getting, you know, acclimated to sorts, you know, to, to being back and playing an elevated role. And I, got, I just think Alvin Kamara, I think there's Alvin Kamara, whether that be through the running game, whether that be through the passing game. I think Alvin Kamara is the piece that if the Saints win this game, it's going to be Alvin Kamara. You know what I mean? And they're going to have to pressure Brady as well. Right. Like that's the one thing. If you're, if you don't pressure Tom Brady, he destroy you. That's just, you know, the stats show it, um, when he's not, we like, it's when he doesn't have two sacks. He's on the one. The defense does not sack him twice in a game. He's undefeated this season. Um, and they've got a good offensive line. You're going to have to get after him. And, and of any team, you know, that's left in the playoffs, New Orleans is the team that can get after him, Right. Obviously Cameron Jordan, um, obviously Trey Hendrickson, Sheldon Rankins guys, that can get after the QB. You know what I mean? So it's, they're going to have to do it. Um, and for for Tampa Bay, it's just it's it's just going to be having a shut. It's going to be shutting down the running game, and it's going to be um, trying to contain the wide receivers, right? Because Michael Thomas is kind of looks like a shell of his former self this season, but you know, to an he's a player that he's getting acclimated, and it seems like at any moment he could just turn up and be amazing again. You know what I mean? It's nobody really knows what the Saints team can be, right, from a game to game basis. Like, there's so much volatility in what you could see with the Saints. So that's what's you, you know, I just. I think if they're able to get pressure on Brady, then then I think the Saints can come away with this game, and I think they will. I think they'll get some pressure on Brady. I think the Saints are going to come away with this one really close. There's something in my gut is just telling me this is the year to to lose the Super Bowl to the Buffalo Bills. (laughs)
0: Um, this whole year, this has been two teams that I've really liked to predict the upset against. I've, I've not really liked these teams the whole year. I thought they were both kind of overrated. Um, and obviously, they're both in the divisional round here, so I was probably mistaken, to be honest. But then it came down to our decision what team do I think is worse? <clears throat> and um, I have to pick. I picked the Saints. I was win this. Uh, this I knew you were going to. With two um, games that are different. So I predict this game to be a um, 38 to 35 win for the Buccaneers. And what I think about it is that. I'll use, you mentioned Alvin Kamara as the, the X-Factor, and that, that's fair. He is definitely the X-Factor type of player where you can take up a game. But the Buccaneers, how, early in the season, they had one of the best. They had probably had the best rush defense, and they had a really good defense. <clears throat> and then b Bay went out, and the, the defense slowly became like, people were like, wow, that was, you know, Bucks defenses are not really that good. But then debate came back, and they were elevated to a relatively good defense. Like Satsanal, he's working his way back in, and you know he's still a young player. He's relatively pretty. he's pretty um like he was a pretty raw talent coming into the NFL. Um, he's big and strong and pretty fast, very athletic. But the technique was still coming into it. um. So you know an injury like that, you have to work at it again, so you get the muscle memory right back. That's why I was um you know he's coming back into form, coming into the to the playoffs here, and maybe he can just slow <clears throat> down Kamara enough along with that other. There's the guys in the D-line, um, Jason Pierre-Paul with with uh, Mohamed Sanu and, and uh, the guy who led the, the league in sacks last year. His name is Keel my... Barrett. Keel Barrett, yeah. Um, <clears throat> yeah, that's a very solid front there. And the secondary is sometimes questionable. It's not always, like, top-tier players. But they have Antoine Winfield there, who's
1: probably going to be in contention. He's a good player on defense rookie of the year. He's not going to win, but he's in contention. Right, Carlton um, Davis and Jamel Dean. They're not big names. Let me tell you, those are some darn good football players in that, that corner.
0: Yeah, that, that's that's the whole that's the whole point of it all. They can they can get the job done and they just have to give a chance. Tom Brady in the playoffs is a different kinda of different reading. Um, you know, I think they're well known opponents, but I think this game this is a game I'm not really confident in either. Came down to the this is going to come down to the wire for sure. This is going to be a game I'm, I'm targeting to watch for sure. It's going to be exciting. I'm with, with that, you. This I will guess. definitely be my number one game to watch. But, I think I, it's going to be Packers and Chiefs in the Super Bowl for me.
1: Um, that's the most likely outcome, I'll say. Like, thinking of like logically thinking about it, like I think the Bills can make the Super Bowl still. I still am a believer of the Buffalo Bills. Um, logically, you say, you know, logically the Packers should, should make it in the NFC, but I just, something in me, man. Every year, I have seen that that, that <laughs> likes the Saints. Every year, but it just seems like up until now they haven't had a player. Or they, obviously, they still had the same player in Camara. But uh, up until this point, it always seemed like one Breeze wasn't doing well. They didn't have a player that you could just. They didn't have someone that was just like get the ball to this guy to and let him go. Right, and it's yeah. tough with Michael Thomas because obviously, if Breeze isn't playing well and they're trying to double cover my, Michael Thomas, it's not. He's not in a situation where you could give it to Michael Thomas. You know what I mean? It's he was such you know a short a short route kind of guy last year. Drew Brees and the situation Drew Brees is in is a quarterback. We're, we're not in a situation where you can do that with a wide receiver. There are scenarios with different wide receivers you have a quarterback that's able to do things and get out of the pocket and extend plays that you can be in a position to just throw it up to your wide receiver and let him go to work. You know, but. And with, with the place Drew Brees is in right now, with his, whether that be with his arm strength, the play calling, how the offense is structured this season, um, and just how Michael Thomas has been this season. They're not in a position where it's like, throw it up to Michael Thomas and let him go to work. But they are in a position where you can throw a running back screen. You can obviously run the ball. Or you could, Alvin Kamara is, you know, have like 900 receiving yards <laughs> somewhere in that realm this year. You know what I mean? It's like. They're, they're in a position where he's the guy on that team. And finally, they're, they're in a position where things aren't going too well offensively, get the ball to Alvin Kaye You know what I mean? They, I just yeah. always felt like the past couple of seasons when their Super Bowl window was there, I just felt like they, Drew Brees wasn't in a scenario to where if he wasn't playing well, the offense could still perform. And their that, defense this season, I think, to me, is better than it has been since I've been watching football. With, when it, Trey Hendrickson made a, a big leap this season to become one of the league leaders in sacks. Um, Demario Davis plays playing at an all pro type level this year. Um, you know what I mean. It seems like Marshawn Lattimore is improving by the game. It's just like I I just feel like this team is just different than it has been in previous years. I just feel something deep in my gut that's like, hey, Saints and Bills, <laughs> yeah. So that's what I predicted. It was it's a weird prediction. Um, I'm one of the very I don't I've never seen anyone else have the Saints and Bills be the prediction. Um, yeah. Let me tell you that. Let me tell you that. But. That's just to say, if it come if it comes to fruition the Super Bowl of Saints Bills, look really smart. That you will.
0: Um, <clears throat> I don't know. I think a, a bigger argument to be made than anything is that Drew Brees is all, not, like so many enforcement, he's probably gonna try this. I said it as yeah. it is, a generation type player with with all I've grown up watching him, as have you. Um, you yeah. know. But I really think the people in the locker room for the Saints are gonna play so so hard. For him, they want him to go out on a high note, a Super Bowl win. Cause, cause like we said, he's probably gonna retire. No matter what. Not, I don't think he's he's gonna go out the bang. Like, like I think Big Ben's waiting for Super Bowl to retire. Um, but like I don't know. I think Drew Brees is gonna retire this off season, basically. And I think I think most, he's probably told the players that the players in the, the locker room. He's like, I'm gonna go out with a bang, but it doesn't matter. <laughs> like, I'm going to retire this off season. Um, so I'm gonna take a while guess and say they're gonna play really, really hard. But of course, I'm not in the locker room. I don't have sources in uh, the New Orleans locker. But yep. if you <laughs> want to be my source, well inside the organization. Um, I'll drop my email in the description of this podcast where you can send me a DM on
1: Instagram and uh, we can keep it anonymous. Send <laughs> me up if you're any team. If you're a reporter or something, if you're a source, hit me up. Hit me up. I'll gladly keep you anonymous. <laughs> but yeah, there's our, our quote-unquote super-duper divisional um, weekend predictions there not that there were an extreme amount of them um, but let us know what you think about that um it's playoff football baby and while it's while, while it's fun to be here to be watching playoff football as everybody loves it's also kind of sad that to know you know like three weeks from now there's no football <laughs> three weeks from now there's we don't have football anymore we you know that just puts a damper on you know what i mean but and in that knowing that this you know we've Three weeks from now, we're not going to have some of the players we've grown up with in the NFL anymore. You know, we're not going to have Drew Brees in the NFL, most likely. We're probably not going to have Larry Fitzgerald. We're probably not going to have Frank Gore. The- there's you know, a lot of different guys. There's speculation. I don't, I'm sure Big Ben will be back, but there's speculation we might not have Big Ben in the league. There's speculation we might not have Philip Rivers in the league. So many guys that, you know, we've grown up on, guys that, where, you know, obviously we've, as long as we've been watching football, they've been there playing at a high level. And it's going to be rough to, you know, go into it. We're not going to have football and those guys aren't going to, things are going to look a lot different for a lot of teams. So we're, we're, we soak in the playoff football as, as much as we can while it's here. Yeah, definitely. Especially in this
0: time of, with all the different yeah.
1: stuff going
0: on. Yeah. We don't get political, but it's always, you know, you, you, you savor the memories while you can
1: with football and stuff. And, and, uh, yeah, yeah, just in, not like that in this season, in this season we're in in life we're nothing certain you know what i mean sports having football here is a is a big blessing you know what i mean because for the you know like mm-hmm. however many like three four months where there was no sports and nothing like everything was shut down in the beginning of this whole quarantine process it was rough it was rough because just as a person as a person when things you know when i when things are looking down and Things aren't doing too well. Sports is a thing that I can turn to, whether that you know, obviously keeping watching some football, watching some uh, watching some basketball, just doing whatever, immersing myself in that is just something that can get right. me away from all the outside world stuff. Speaking of, of watching basketball, so, so I text you, last. Uh, so I'm watching
0: the Pacers versus Red Legends game. It's a silly game going, so it's going into the fourth quarter. I missed almost the whole game. Pacers are out big, and this guy, I it's I don't know what number he. I thought 21. He's not that bad.
1: You said he's 27. Yeah. You, if it's number 27, it's Yusuf, and he's not a bad player. Literally I He ended up spraining it, his, or hurting his wrist at some point somehow and left the game. I don't know how. No,
0: he was trying. He reminded me of Henry Mondo. He's out there running around trying for rebounds and stuff, but he's just like a big body out on the court. Like, that's what it looked like. He looked like he was
1: was he, it the like, guy? He did he have a beard? Was it, he had like a like a, like a gingerish hair or whatever? Yeah. Yeah, that's Nurkic. And Nurkic is actually a pretty good center overall, I would Maybe I am just uh, Maybe it was just that game, or maybe... I obviously didn't want maybe he was just struggling, but... No, I, will, I was watching the game,
0: and the Blazers were coming back to three. The thing was, it was so stupid because... Um, no, I don't know the strategy of the am not, I'm not big enough. But they're out there, the Blazers are shooting threes, like, really well. So they're coming back, but the Pacers continue to shoot threes even though they're missing them like over like they're not driving to the court at all. Like Subonis is on the court and, and Turner Must Turner was on the court. Like all the big guys were out there. But like the only person that would drive to the court was Malcolm Brogdon and he just he just run underneath the hoop and then just like fling it back over set and would make it like every they did like four times, which was basically kept kept the space there until the Pacers got their scheme back a little bit, I guess. But I didn't watch the very beginning 'cause because by lots of yeah. I don't know. It was, it was an interesting game.
1: But you get Bulls basketball game, back finally. After, like, a week, (laughs) we got a couple of games canceled for the Bulls because of other teams that have contracted COVID. But finally, back in action, Zach Levine, my main man, is, I believe, third in the league in points per game right Yeah, and all the stupid coronavirus stuff is absolutely destroying
0: my fantasy basketball team. Because, yeah, Zach Levine is one of my best players, and then he just, like, has not played lately. (laughs)
1: Yeah.
0: I don't have, like, all of my players on the bench right now are all injured. Michael Porter and then um, John Morant. And uh, Rose has been in like. It looks like John Ranch for... should be coming
1: back relatively soon,
0: at least. So he he'll be able to slide into my roster. Um, he's he plays a position that I, I don't have much depth in. So even yeah. if not, you tell me good, so I, I have your, your faith in basketball. I heard of him, so I assumed he was good. Um, he just won he won Rookie of the yeah. Year last. Year. Oh yes, yes, I do
1: remember. Not that he Yeah, he's a, he's a very good player, but he. I think it was an ankle injury, if I'm not mistaken, earlier in the season. Because that's the one thing with him. He goes up for these crazy monsters. He does not know how to. <laughs> he, la- he lands hard on his ankle every time. Like, I'm scared every time. that He can catch some posters, have some crazy high-flying dunks. But it's like every time he comes down, I just, like, am worried. Because he just lands so hard on his ankles. Yeah, that's like me. <laughs> He no, did not brace himself.
0: No, I'm kidding. No, I, I can't dunk. I've i I've come close. I came really close a couple times in gym class, um, but never got the sweet dunk yet. Yeah, I'm not really close to being able to dunk. <laughs> you you play can. A better vertical than I do, though. You remind me of Malcolm, and you play like Malcolm Brogdon.
1: I can hit the rim sometimes. <laughs> sometimes, I can't. But I might be able to hit the sleep. rim. Some, I can't really know. I haven't really tried since since like school. I haven't really been trying since we were actually in school, which was oh, at yeah. this point, like, what? You know, like two months ago now? Somewhere in that realm? It was like a month ago. It was like a month ago to the day. In three days, it'll be like a month ago. Yeah, later. like somewhere in the realm of... Well, it was end of... So, yeah, like probably like a month and a couple of days for me since we've been in school, or since we've been out of school. It was the last time I actually tried to dunk, but then, you know, since then, I've been on the grind. You know what I mean? Maybe I'll be... Maybe I can hit it consistently. I don't know. I haven't tried in a while, but... So the gym...
0: Out of our, out of the camp that we go to, that that those uh hoops are like really this high. Like, those hoops like I 11 feet. hit. Like yeah, I I can't do that. <laughs> but the gym ones, the the ones in the gym in my high school are pretty low. Like I I can I those are the, like the one in the middle. There's like the ones that come out on the side.
1: Mm-hmm. Those ones
0: like are low, but then the one in the middle, that thing is so low. Like I find it hard to believe that's regular.
1: Probably not then. <laughs> I don't know, that's what they play the games on. They don't um, play the games on the side ones, in the middle, right? Oh, you yeah. mean the middle as on, like, the big hoop, like the yeah. normal one. Yeah. Yeah, well, then it probably is regulation. <laughs> maybe the side ones are just a little high. Yeah, maybe. I will... <laughs> Yeah, all the side hoops are always a little nice. Uh, yeah. It definitely feels different shooting on a side hoop than it does shooting on a main hoop.
0: I'm playing. I I'm, I hope we get to play some basketball, like, as a, like a gym game. Because we did that a couple times, and I, like, basically, I basically turned little LeBron James up. No, it was, like, me. <laughs> and then the side my grade versus like a, a kid that has mental issues, and then a bunch of freshmen, but he's in like a senior in 11th grade or whatever. And mean it was like two versus like,
1: and we absolutely dominated them. Yeah, we we weren't after lunch. Like when we have lunch, we're allowed to go into the like shoot. They don't let us play games. Like we can play like tips or like horse or whatever, but we are like knockout, I guess. But we can't play like actual games because they think someone's gonna get hurt. <laughs> So, and we never played the same like we can worry a lot we're able to play like if we have a free day in gym class, we can play games, but the problem is um with covid since we only have like not a lot of people in my class, I'm the only guy in my entire class, and then I actually want to play a, like a pickup basketball game none of the woman you you dunk on some woman if you lower down like, to nine foot I can for sure <laughs> it's I always can like... dunk on the five not on top of a person
0: yeah i I hate playing like games versus because I don't even try like. It's They put in, like, so like yeah. being away 25 points, but well, it doesn't even matter, you know? Like, you're not mm. trying. Like, there's no satisfaction in it.
1: Yeah, all depends. All depends. <laughs> but, yeah, I'm, I'm ready to get back. Sadly, when I go back to school, gym class, because we only have gym class for half a year, and then the other half we have personal finance. And since we've been shut down for the past, you know, over a month, we haven't, you know, actually been able to have gym class. So, I'm you know, I'm, I'm going to get about a fourth of a year like less than a fourth of a year's worth of gym class, mm-hmm. instead of you know, i have, healthy, I'm supposed I have to have like so.
0: three quarters of a year of gym, but it's like I have gym the whole entire year. It's just not every. single day. Like I have a lab for for oh, uh, yeah, yeah. A class. I have biology opposite of um, my gym class, which makes a nice kind of. I wish I had gym every day, and the biology labs are so incredibly boring I absolutely but, despise biology. Yeah, it's I would not. The physics ones are. A little bit less boring because but for for biology we just sit in a room and take notes for two straight periods
1: like the majority of the time mm, that so nice. <laughs> yeah i would not want to do it. yeah i, I gym class a whole year a whole year was but obviously that's not the reality for either of them stuff so, like every day of the year too many nice. going on yeah yeah you're, it's always me.
0: obviously everyone knows that you're you're older than me so you're taking all the ap classes and i don't
1: even have any like available to me because i'm only in 10th grade yeah we didn't have a yeah this is the first year i had ap classes available to me as well it was you couldn't do pre-ap in 10th grade but only 11th and 12th graders for whatever reason were had ap available yeah, right now.
0: the only reason i know to do that because like i get the there's class restrictions because i can't take like ap chemistry because i haven't learned like the math i need to know to like be able to do that that makes sense but
1: like some classes like i could easily take that it's like even if you can't take them as a freshman like you really not even as a sophomore i can't take like ap in Eng- like some kind of ap english class as a sophomore really like i, I don't know i took pre-ap english as a sophomore but why couldn't <laughs> i take that as a freshman you know it's i don't get it i don't get it i don't get it
0: yeah but. it's weird i'm not i'm not sure it's probably some I think it's because when you take an AP class and you take, pass the AP test, like, you know this obviously. But um, if you pass it, then it counts as like a college credit. But I think that when you take the college classes closer when you're actually in college. The information, maybe, just maybe. By IU, I'm the uh, <laughs> I don't have a clue, bro. I'm yeah. I sure. And then I, mean, I told you I'm going to like an overnight, like it's supposed to be like an overnight thing at my friend's church. Um, so I, I'd probably be up. It starts at six. It starts at six o'clock. Um, oh. And then it's going to go till like, morning and take a wild guess and say, I'm probably not leaving. Really <laughs> Just take a wild guess.
1: Well, I would advise when we get off that you take a fat nap until, like, 5.30. Yeah.
0: That would, that would work out. <laughs> I, I have to, like, get a few. No, my friend, my friend said I didn't have to bring anything. So I am I was thinking about taking my Wii U because he was, like, you can bring, like, I'm bringing my PlayStation. I'm bringing, like, a game console if you want. And then, because we're going to be there. going to be there for 10 hours. So, mm-hmm. like, you can bring something to have. But I'm not going to. Because there's a going to be a bunch of people there, so I'm sure everyone's going to bring a bunch of stuff. If I really want to play something, I'm not going to play the games that I can just play all the time. I'll just play the other people. (laughs) Smart, smart.
1: That's it. And you probably like how many TVs they got there. If like everyone's bringing a game console,
0: I'm 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 going to take. a... I am I think they're going to use a projector for some church though. It's a big church. (laughs) Oh yeah. So they if they have have, like three and then a projector, I can't imagine. There's going to be more than four different consoles to play on. Or you yeah. could always switch it out if they're, like, they're done playing with me.
1: Yeah. But yeah, it's been a good one. A short one. It has, yeah. um, obviously, only four games to predict and three pieces of news. We were banking on, well, knowing that we only had four games to predict, we were banking on there being a lot of news. Um, there wasn't <laughs> a lot of news, <laughs> to yeah. say the very least. Um, but at least we'll be back with you on tuesday i didn't i didn't i didn't mess it up this i always say the day we're gonna record instead of the day that they actually listen to this I'm always i always like, screw that out yeah i was like welcome to the Friday episode, and yeah. it's actually obviously on saturday so but we'll be here. on tuesday with uh, our super duper wild card sorry no not wild card super duper divisional v- weekend uh, analysis of all those four games should be pretty good stuff and then we'll get from there i guess so
0: um and I am. I know I've been teasing it for like four months now. I do. I do plan on posting the, um, well, the giveaway details on Instagram. So we will do the live stream that we talked about on Super Bowl morning, on Super Bowl Sunday. That is um, where we announce the winners. As we've previously mentioned a lot, but we just I've just been too lazy to post. So um, that should be the day. <laughs> That'll be. Uh, be that, that gives you two weeks. That gives you three weeks, doesn't it? Because there's the the bye week in between. Um, yes. The round. Is there and a bye week
1: in Bowl. between? I don't. I think there is, right?
0: I don't actually. There, remember. Well, it used to be because of the Pro Bowl, but I'm gonna. T- I guess they didn't get rid of it. I, I don't think they did. I think they're still, they're gonna have the Pro Bowl with Madden. Yeah. You know, I guess. About. I'm,
1: not gonna, I'm not gonna watch that. Don't they have the awards like the day before the Super Bowl? Yes. I've I. Wish, I wish. I wish they would do it the week before, so it's Pro Bowl and awards, and then the next week. Yeah, that'd be better. That's all We get to watch yeah, TJ Watt Defensive Player of the Year.
0: There's a little bit of controversy in Defensive Player of the Year, a little bit of MVP Offensive Player of the Year. I honestly don't have a clue. I, I give it to Derek Henry. It's uh, that... it's probably, I feel like it's going to be a running back or Devontae Adams. But... Yeah, it's either.
1: I think for me it's Derek Henry, Devontae Adams. I go Derrick Henry. The man has 2,000 rushing yards on the season. Like, come on. I got to give him it. I got to give it to him. But... But with,
0: I have to do the tradition. I have to do it. There's never going to be an episode that you're listening to on Saturday that does not have these plain and simple. That's just how it's going to be. Get my microphone here. I no, this. Not, that's not it. What am I saying? I believe really, from the bottom of my heart how this Coleman Joshua episode acted as the perfect segue, awesome weekend of your life. All
1: right. I second the motion. So, <laughs> end off on a high note there. Um, from us here at the Golden Joe Show, we are decent.